1: What does motion sound like? With Kizzik Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizzik.com slash socks. Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome back. It's not a like big
0: deal to you, uh,
1: but it feels like a big deal to us. We have been apart months. two months. months the longest it's like you guys think we have a real friendship but it's not it's only for you actually we spend at least two months apart and that's
0: and that's actually to maintain our friendship
1: frankly it's what the restraining order's terms were truly darling. Did you miss me? (laughs) Here we are. And for you, it's been a week for you.
0: For you, you've been like, yeah, I, I heard you guys were,
1: but like, this has been a long time for us. Long time coming. So we both traveled a few places, saw a few people, did a few things. I feel like
0: we did so many things. And I said to Quinn, I don't know where to start. And she said, don't worry. I have A note entitled chit chat on her phone that she writes stories that she wants to tell me.
1: Yeah, because otherwise I'd sit down and be like, I know I have so much to say to you, but I forget. And I actually just looked at my notes and was like, oh, I don't have that many things to say. (laughs) Um, One thing I did want to tell you is, because I think you were going to ask this probably first, is how was the wedding? Well, duh. And the wedding was great. Here's something I think you'll get a kick out of. So I had to do a toast for Brianna's wedding. There were four toasts, and I'm not going to lie, I killed it. Like, people were like, this was so good. This was so good. Here's what you need to know. What happened, dear readers, is that I wrote the toast, and then Carrie wrote me a message that was like, you know what you should put in the toast? And she suggested to me a true crime joke.
0: And it was a video. Someone had done it before. I have to give credit where credit is due. Someone had done it, and it was suggested to me by the social media gods. And I was like, Quinn, here you go. This is so
1: funny. Use it. I write it into my toast. I plagiarize this joke. Worth it? Isn't, I mean, how many times have a jo- has a joke that you or I thought we came up with and someone else says it's it? It's
0: just a part of the circle of a love Of
1: humor. Dun, dun, dun. So dun, dun, dun. here's what you need to know, though. I thought my toast was touching... But jokey and funny, too. People loved it. But over and over again after I did it, people were coming up to me at the wedding being like, your toast was so great. And then quoting the one joke in the toast I didn't write (laughs) that I stole over and over again. I'm saying like, I'm saying like if I got 20 compliments on my toast, 18 of them referenced that joke. As why it was such a good toast. And I was like... <laughs> and it was so awkward because it... I, it was hard I really to not credit. A, but I did. So, so I I just saw, said thank you. That's all I said. I didn't say like... Smart. That's the I, one part I didn't write.
0: People don't need to hear.
1: People... Let's not ruin the magic. As In terms of Disney... As thought. someone
0: who's auditioned for Disney before, they have this saying called preserving the magic. Preserve the magic for them. You know?
1: Fucking preserve the magic. Preserve the magic.
0: The magic. I, I was happy because... Brianna, I saw Brianna in L.A. Mm-hmm. Was, I was out there. That was one of my travels. And I saw Brianna out there. And she was like, Carrie, your joke killed. And me, because <laughs> I... Because I did tell Brianna. You told Brianna. And then I was like... And then I had to... I didn't preserve the magic. I was like, I didn't make it up. Like, I can't... I am so... You know me, dear mm-hmm. readers, Quinn. Like, I can't take credit if it's not mine. No. So I fully, like, was like, it wasn't me. I didn't do... It, it just was a video. I just shared it. I didn't do anything. Yeah. But apparently... Also your delivery apparently I don't I haven't seen visual proof of it, but I've heard your delivery was like you sold the beginning. So can you tell the joke?
1: The joke was Brianna, Josh look into each other's eyes. Mm. You are now looking at the person that is statistically most likely to murder you. But I like gave it that weight where there was a real romance moment but also everyone was a little uncomfortable because asking a bride and groom to To look look into each each other's eyes is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard of. So they were like, where's this going? And I think that it was for everyone. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the the older people liked it. The younger people liked it. Everyone likes a it joke was a about plaza. murder at a wedding.
0: Well, and it was on brand, and I,
1: and I do hope you plugged Truly, Directly, creepily
0: to all the wedding guests. I know it wasn't a large wedding, but I, I hope that we have That's some new listeners.
1: I'm sorry, new readers. You know what? I like to think so. It's all I talk about, so one one would hope. But we danced our balls off. We all got that's like all hammer I time. A Everybody jumped in the swimming pool. It was really nice. Ah, oh,
0: see, that's what I want. Okay, I a couple things I did want to ask. Oh my god, I should have written down the notes app. Um, was it stressful leading up to the wedding?
1: For who? You For know, you. were you good? Um, I was fine. I think if anything, um. Being out there with the kids, it's like my job was only to watch my kids, and out, my family nice. around me was bustling to get ready for this wedding because they hosted it, and I felt a little bad sometimes that I was not like yeah, but super not helpful bad enough to like. But change. I was also like, yeah, you're like I've, I'm keeping two people alive, so yeah, yeah. You're I planning, bad, by the way, but
0: have I'm gonna fun go planning your
1: party. But I'm keeping two people alive. So which one's more? Which boring? was really hard to do there because there's a lot of bodies of water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Here's
1: also my quick cue for you.
0: A cue for Quinn. Was it, was this trip any less stressful than Maine?
1: Yeah. Amazing. Here's, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Incredible. It was. Um, there were a lot of helping hands. mm and not that you were not a helping hand, but there were many more helping hands. You know, the and then there were grandparents. Like, like, grandparents. Grandparents is more than a carry, I will well, say. grandparents, too, that um, you know, Matt's parents hadn't met Griff. And they like <gasps> wanted alone time with him. Matt's mom, especially, would like take Griff and just walk away with him. And I was like, thank, thank you.
0: <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> but I... I was really excited for Matt's parents to meet Griff. How was that? Was it love at first sight? I know Griffin can be a little
1: chill. Yes, of course. Griff, but Griff is like, um, he just like... Well, Griff, I came in today. This is to put it in perspective. Griff and I get along really well.
0: I actually feel like Griff and I are friends. And... It was interesting coming in. Koa was a little cold on me today, which is fine. And I just, like, gave him his space, which is all you I can do. I told
1: Carrie, film. though, that when we got back to New York, um, we were talking about his best friend, Ozzy, and I was like, I bet Ozzy really missed you. And his response to that was, you know who else missed me? K.O.E.
0: <laughs> and the answer to that is I fully did. Yeah. I actually, sidebar, I babysat a family who I hadn't seen in two years yesterday. <gasps> They had me get tested, which is always really nice to get tested and be, mm-hmm. like, negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got tested. I, I saw these kids, and, like, they've grown up so much. And the youngest one, who I've known since he was three months old, like, ran up and gave me the biggest hug. And the oldest, who's now eight, who was, like, six when I left, he's so big. It's just really yeah wild. Because well, when they're okay. young like that, they age so, and grow faster, which so is wild. Speaking
1: of, we got back, and... Um, was going to start school on Monday. Um, I had to go to this parent meeting that yeah. was outside and it was um, only four families of parents were there because there are some kids that are doing full day and some kids that are half day. So I went to the full day meeting. There were four families. The teacher turns to each family at one point and is talking about how she has the kids sometimes be her helper. Yeah. And she turns to one family. I'll just change the names of the kids for no reason, but I...
0: Well, privacy
1: yeah it's good Um, anyway she's like Alistair Alistair such a good helper an amazing helper always gives me exactly what I it's just very motivated Sammy Sammy's new this year and um, from what I saw from little Sammy at camp he's going to be a natural at this Caitlin Caitlin only did half day so far she's really stepping into her role as a big girl though Koa not interested not um (laughs) motivated to help me and you know what it's just not something he cares about that's not chill I just about died laughing in my head but I just calmly nodded and I sort of decided to pivot in my head and be like you know what good for him he wants to go to school and have fun and he doesn't want to help you that's your job (laughs) Like, as far as I'm concerned, this is a private school. I, I, and, you know, and, like, that's not on you. We pay you, actually. Yeah, so, so that was the pivot I made. But I just had to tell you that oh. I have a little bit of anxiety going into the year. Also Mostly for the record, you that you I'm, like, the... that's I'm a little so... worried she doesn't like him. But you know what? I'm kind of a thick skin, and I think she feels that as well, maybe, where right. there was just no... I didn't sense that she was worried at all in saying it to me
0: okay well that's you know what that's good because you don't want her to have to sugarcoat at the same time it doesn't sound like that's her style w- you know what
1: it was just so funny
0: i want to talk
1: uh, we have like a little we, bit of clean clean
0: cleanup okay here's yeah. what i want to clean
1: up first of all while we were oh first of all we got merch
0: if you guys, you guys want we got some merch
1: <laughs> listen we like did what we could it's the lazy man's merch and I'm not trying to undersell it. No. Mostly because I'm not trying to sell anything. And that's the point. And that's I don't want to be a T shirt salesman. No offense to teachers. I didn't come salesmen. here to make friends
0: or, or t-shirts. Make t-shirts. I don't need to do an iron on decal. I don't need to do I didn't come here printing. to make a mouse pack. I didn't do a I didn't it. come
1: here to make a mask. I, I didn't, didn't do come it. here to make a onesie. I, did I didn't come here it. to make a flask. <gasps> I came here to make a podcast. <gasps> However, people have expressed interest, interest in, merch. in merch. Exactly. What have I done? thrown together through Canvas, Canva, Canva, a few simple designs. Fun. Downloaded them. Threw them up on T Public's site, and now they're selling some stuff. So if you want stuff, there's stuff.
0: By the way, don't get confused between T Pain and T Public. It's just T Public because T Pain is a is a rapper, and that's not who's he's selling. not
1: promoting anything we're doing as far as we no. know. There's I would love no there to cross be promotion happening right now. He has a
0: lot of followers, though. Would love a cross doesn't promotion. Mean there won't be in the future, exactly. But for now, T Pain and T Public are Separate. different things. Just in case you need to know.
1: If you are interested in merch, I think the fastest, easiest thing to do is right now on our website, I changed some of the linky links. Oh, this is cute. You know what I did? What'd you do? So I still have a tab that has... Live, laugh, learn. No. Now the tabs are this. Uh, for your brain. And that's a link that teaches you something random. hmm For uh, your ears. And that goes straight to listening to our podcast. Right? For your karma. And that goes straight to Patreon.
0: Amazing. This sounds and like
1: a cult, by the way. For your bod. And that goes straight to merch.
0: Amazing. So, this and feels there's a merch like a, tab if that was This feels like an MLM mm-hmm. marketing website. Hopefully. Where it's like Which is a little culty. Only time will tell. Which, by the way, I think someone I went to college with is in a cult.
1: Oh, my God. Her Everyone. just died. <laughs> I'm so sorry. RIP. It's
0: aggressive. Um,
1: okay. Maybe there's room for her now to be at the tippy top of that there is entree she's, and desserts she's pyramid up. it's it's
0: freaking me out it's freaking me out Woo.
1: so anyway if you want stuff there's stuff moving on from that we just released our i don't know 14th maybe yeah teeny tiny and i had to edit it and it gave me nightmares because i'm talking about black-eyed kids on the latest teeny, Bla- tiny again tiny i'm Freak so sorry play. i just have to interrupt not black-eyed peas
0: Black eyed kids. That's correct. Again, I just want to clarify for our dear readers. Thank you so much, Story.
1: It's really important to be We want to be clear here. We want to be clear. Just like just a like teacher. teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so Um, if you're not already a Patreon subscriber, what are you doing? With There's your life? 14 episodes. We question your intentions. Put, and by the way, like we're like they're like half hour. They're an
0: hour long. Like they're not They're ninety minutes. <laughs> I mean, they're long. They're long. We drink in them. It's like a whole thing. Like, we really... Not we don't,
1: but we do sometimes. We do sometimes. We just The last one, I think, we were pretty drunk during. And you know okay. what?
0: It was fun. Matt came in. It was great.
1: Goof-offs all around. Here's the other thing. If you did become a Patreon <gasps> subscriber, we have um a little bit of a list. And here's what I just told Carrie I want to do with it. Instead of thanking you all on this first week back, I'm dividing it into a few episodes. Why am I doing that? Two reasons. It's Too many songs in one episode is reason number one. Reason number two, I think strategically, if I stretch this out, it makes us seem more popular, like more people are
0: joining Patreon. And I think you telling them that actually helps too. Should I have not told them that? We keep, for the record, we admitted to plagiarizing
1: a joke. We talk about our fail I mean, like, do you think it, the transparency jig is, is doing us no favors? Again,
0: like Koa's teacher, we like to be clear. No, I think people trust us more. I do. I think when we... And that's how we trap them in the MLM
1: that we're starting. And that's
0: how for your bot, for your mind, for your health, for your pocket, for your karma. You know, For Keith Ranieri. For Keith Ranieri, Be careful. With that freaking bandana.
1: Okay. So the first Patreon subscriber I want to thank... Is someone that we forgot to thank before the break that had joined oh before my God. the break. So this is long overdue. Thank you to Lucy in the, the sky, sky with, with Patreon. Patreon.
0: Lucy,
1: Lucy in the Sky, in the sky with, with Patreon. Patreon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an impossible note for even a singer to hit. I thought <laughs> I thought we were done. I
0: looked at her Quinn's face was earnestly really, like,
1: reaching for the note. I couldn't find that note. I, never, I didn't find it. Oh, i never least, find I it. I wish this
0: was a visual of because I think you guys were looking, <laughs> the, your eyes were looking at me in fear.
1: And your head in was disgust. raised me, like, time to <laughs> crying. I can't do it. <laughs> Caitlin k hey, k Caitlin. You got your on this child But you're your serious child for me You joined Patreon Absolutely <laughs> I don't know the song you're riffing on Jaded Aerosmith oh. oh got it got it got it got hey, it k
0: Caitlin. you join Patreon And you support two ladies Thank you k
1: Caitlin. What about Leah? Um Melia <laughs> Kaliki Maka <laughs> is the way Thing I to say thank you, you to Leah, for, Leah for, joining for joining Patreon. That's it. Missy. Hey Missy, you're so fine. You're, you're so,
0: so fine. You, you joined Patreon, my... and Andrew's... Wait, wait <laughs> do it again. Hey Missy, you're so fine, you're so fine, you joined Patreon. Hey Missy, you joined Patreon. Hey Missy.
1: Okay, that's good. <laughs> One more or let it lie. One, one
0: more. I'm, I'm lost. But
1: Wait, let's do, do you, one more. Let's do, do like one more. Do you like this,
0: dear reader? Do you guys like this? Should we stop doing this? <laughs> Is this fun for? Do we promote this? Maybe we should promote this as a ten dollars that we put your name in a song. Oh, we gotta raise the price
1: on this because it's getting <laughs> it's ridiculous.
0: Okay, go. Cool. Let's see. I gotta like. I'm thinking too much. Emily A. Emily A. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Emily A. You join Patreon? Emily A. Hey, you join Patreon? <laughs> it wasn't me. It was Emily you. A. It was Emily A. <laughs> you join Patreon? Emily A. <laughs> 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 she even she even is a big donor. Emily A. <laughs> 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 we put her on our counter. Emily A.
1: Oh, sorry about that, Emily A. <laughs> guys,
0: these get... are just all songs to add to our yeah. playlist. And I'm
1: stoked on it. So true. All right, we're going to... We're gonna stop talking about oh the Patreons, God. and you know what? We're gonna move straight into stories.
0: It's been twenty-four minutes at this point.
1: I know that's why we're doing it. <laughs> Who goes first? You
0: always go first, Quinn. I always go first, forget, but I
1: always forget. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you the story of the unfielded pol- pol- <laughs> and here we are. The unfilled <laughs> poltergeist. Say that. The Enfield poltergeist. Enfield. No en- end.
0: Oh, Enfield Poltergeist. You don't think that's hard to say? I said it with such
1: confidence. Just red leather, yellow you. leather, red leather, yellow, leather, red New York, leather, yellow New York, leather. New York, New York. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. <laughs> that's the hardest. Toy boat. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boy, toy boy, yeah, t- You t- can't, t- can't t- even get past five. It's impossible. Wikipedia. A timeout article, um, by Chris French, The Guardian by Deborah Hyde. Stop
0: and a yelling. people
1: article. <laughs> By Jody Guglielm. Dude, we
0: just talked with her for two months. Like, chill out! Stop yelling at me. <laughs> I just really feel like I want to get my the point across. party
1: of people. You know medicine. what it is? You know why I was so emphatic? These were really good sources. <laughs> they were not willy nilly. You, provided... you did say You did
0: You went Wikipedia. People.
1: Sorry, Wikipedia.
0: Wikipedia. You were a firm back. Wikipedia is constantly there for us. It's
1: 1977. We're in Enfield, London. Okay. Are you doing this with an accent? London. <laughs> Single mother Peggy Hodgson lives with her four children. No, not going to do it. Is that
0: an MFA education
1: (laughs) over there? I feel sorry for me. (laughs) I feel sorry for Peggy because she's a single mom with four kids. I feel sorry for all
0: of us. Wow, single mom with four kids. That is like the Lord's work, frankly.
1: So she starts to hear loud noises one day coming from two of her daughter's room. um, And she goes in and her daughter, Margaret's 12 and her daughter, Janet's 11. And they're in there. And she's like, you guys go to sleep. But they're huddled in a corner together, totally scared. Like, she thinks she's going to come in and there's nonsense. She comes in and they look terrified. And they're like, the chest of drawers in the room keeps moving. And it's moving by itself and it's moving toward the bedroom door, almost like it's trying to block them oh into the God, room. Like
0: Beauty and the Beast.
1: And, yes. And then the cupboard opened its eyes and was like, <laughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking teapot tail is all this <laughs> What do you think of Lumiere?
0: Lumiere, were, well, were I love you Jerry attracted Orbach? to
1: Lumiere? Is my question.
0: As a I child. wasn't, but I love Jerry Orbach. You know, I love Jerry Orbach. He's featured heavily on my dating profile.
1: Questionable choice. I think
0: I was more. I think honestly, I was more attracted to Chip. And for the record, so I was so... a child. Oh, when I- please. <laughs> I I wasn't attracted
1: to Chip. I just like was so in love with Chip because he was so cute. You were the kind of kid that was like, I love babies. And I was the kind of kid that was like, Lumiere, I, I want to get busy with a candlestick. Aloof.
0: Well, <laughs> a candlestick is probably more appropriate,
1: you know? Agree. So Peggy's like, To get like, busy with, gross. Oh my God, my kids are scared. But that she doesn't, she's kind of like, you guys don't be ridiculous. Then she sees
0: the drawer move
1: herself, her own eyes. <sighs> So she goes and tries to push against the dresser to push it back from where it's moved. It won't budge. It's either stuck or that heavy. So she's like, completely freaked out. Let's run to the neighbor's house. In a random twist that I found to be very disturbing, her neighbors are named Vic and Peggy. Two Peggies live next door to each other? I mean, what year was this?
0: You said 77? They were probably born in the... The Margaret Peggy,
1: I'm sure that was like pretty. Common. It's like when our kids grow up into yeah. Sadie's live next door to each other. Like, what's a popular? Oh, Sadie's is yeah. Vic goes into their house and he's like, "I ain't afraid of no ghost." He then hears the strange noises and is like, "Wait, maybe I am." Yeah. They call the cops, and the cop that ends up showing up to the house witnesses a chair wobble. And then slide across the room. Guess what he says?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And then he goes, um, you know what? Uh, this is not a police matter."
0: <laughs> Which is fair.
1: It's Which is, really you know not. What we
0: love, and maybe this is something in the UK, we love when a police says, hey, I'm, this is I'm out of my depth. I need help.
1: Well, what's he going to do? Arrest a ghost? <laughs> so he's like, I'm a policeman. That's very scary. I don't deny it. And I'm out. Right. So the strange things continue to happen in the house where things are moving and weird noises are happening, Happening, and Peggy decides to call the Daily Mirror, which is an interesting move. Well, make some money. Well, she's like, do you want to come investigate this, basically? And this reporter arrives. Nothing happens. And so he's sitting there for hours, and he's like... Uh, I I'm to left go. dinner for this. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like you know what I'm gonna go. And then a lego hits him square in the head. <gasps> hard as can be. Oh my god. And he's like oh shit. Okay. When that happens the reporter's like this is the real deal and calls the society for psychical research and they send Maurice Gross to investigate. Okay. Maurice Gross then witnesses a billion things. Like, just tons of shit. He witnesses furniture turning over. He witnesses fires starting, voices. He witnesses levitation. And there's, like, pictures of stuff happening. Oh, shit. He says he heard whistling and barking noises coming from Janet's direction. And a curtain from her room wraps around her neck at one point and almost chokes her. So the ghost actually ends up, like, really focused on Janet and eventually starts to communicate through her. Typical poltergeist, right? Right. And this would happen not, like, a little incident. It would happen for hours. That Janet would be talking in... She would go into, like, a trance... And her voice would get really deep and weird and scratchy and... Like typical... Exorcist style. Typical vibe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'd be like, I'm not Janet, I'm Bill Wilkins. But it's later proven that there was a Bill Wilkins that once lived in that house and died in that house of a hemorrhage. So that's Jesus. very, very odd. Because I don't know why... An 11 or 12-year-old girl would know that. They wouldn't. The answer is they wouldn't. Right. So for 18 months, 30 different people end up coming in the house, at least. And all of them witness things. Like, this is happening in front of everybody. This isn't like one guy said it happened. It's like journalists are seeing things. Neighbors are seeing things. Researchers are seeing things. And they're seeing crazy shit, like furniture flying across the room.
0: Also, do we love that while you're telling this story, there's, like, all this noise happening in the house? It's
1: very intense. It's really intense. They're also witnessing Bill Wilkins speak through Janet. Guess who wants to show up? A priest? No, Ed and Lorraine. Of course. So Lauren's. they're like, can we get in on this? And everyone's like, you again? They're and like, they show flew up.
0: all the way over. Okay. They
1: cannot say no to the paranormal call of duty. So they show up, and they're like, we're gonna publicly say that this is the real deal, and it's like great, Ed and Lorraine. You do seem to say it a lot, but fine.
0: Also, like, are you doing this for you, or are you like trying to help? Never, this out? ever
1: clear. Um, many people doubted the authenticity of what was going on, despite all these witnesses. People are like, I think it's these two little girls. Like, I think that they have to be behind it, and they're faking it. So two experts come and question Janet. And what they end up doing is they set up a camera in a room when she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And then they're in a oh, different way. That's great.
0: that's great to do to a child. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just um, smile. You're on candid, candid camera. camera. She's caught bending spoons and trying to bend an iron bar like by hand in the other room. That they assume was going to be a some As sort a, of trickery.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and once they bust her, they're sort of like, hey, we know you're faking this. And she's like, yeah, I was. Like, I just was faking it because you came here and you wanted to see some shit happen. So, like, we have faked things. And we faked a couple things because we also wanted to see if we could. And Mr. Gross and his assistant, Mr. Playfair caught us every time we would try to fake something she says two percent play fair i just have to say play fair don't you like that i do she's basically like two percent of the things you've seen have been faked everything else is real
0: hard to know that's really tough you're really shooting yourself in the foot on that one i know but i also
1: understand if but you're it's like a we real need help. Thing that it could be both right Playfair, who is one of the guys that was there observing with Gross from the beginning, they both were observing the whole time, he maintains, like, this for real happened, and he writes a book about it called, This House is Haunted, The True Story of a Poltergeist. Great title. Even though he, like, maintains that, he will say things like, you know, whenever Janet was talking as Bill, Bill had this... Beach habit where he'd suddenly shift gears and change the subject and it's it's a habit that I'm going to say Janet also did have Mm -hmm. you know where you're like "Uh, well there could be a reason for that. Rose also witnesses Janet banging a broom handle on the ceiling to make noises and hiding his tape recorder so they see them doing these mischievous things but they're like we do think there was a real poltergeist we think some of the events were faked by the girls, like they said, and we think some of them were real. So well, it's like if they started see experiencing this and then they got attention, like that also could.
0: I mean, just in terms of from one side or another, if like you're a kid and this is happening to you, and then all of a sudden you get all this attention, do you just continue to make mischief? You know
1: I'm gonna circle back to that exact thing in a minute. So forty years later, mm-hmm. Janet and Margaret are like, it happened. Margaret says it stays with you every step of the way. It's just like a death, really. It gets a little bit easier as time goes on, but the fear and the memories of it and what happened never leave you. At the Second International Society for Psychical Research, which is called the SPR, there's a conference of them in Cambridge, and this happens in 1978, and they end up examining video cassettes from that were like recording things that happened with the poltergeist doing shit okay? okay they all sit and they look at them and somebody's like I'm gonna raise a doubt like they're all kind of having like basically a conference to look at this and try to almost like a trial they're trying to decide was it real or not and a former president of the SPR says it looks like Janet is like a ventriloquist basically Like, it was a skill that she had, and she could do this voice. Um, And they talk about it and come to a conclusion that the whole thing was faked, and that it was just these two girls the whole time. Um, Then, you remember my favorite profession, skeptic? Mm -hmm. A skeptic, Joe Nickel, is like, yeah, she's definitely a ventriloquist, and... There's a photo of her levitating, but it could just be her bouncing in the air from the bed as though, like, using the bed like a trampoline, basically. And if she's acting like it's happening, not of her own free will, and they got a photo of it while she's in the air, and people are using this photo to be like, she's levitating. I don't buy it. Um, Basically, all the photos that show her doing things, I think, are her doing Gymnastics, And she was a really physical kid, really uh, good at sports in school. I think she's doing kind of unnatural, interesting things with her body, but they're, they're all explainable. And the fact that he then kind of turns um, an accusatory finger at Gross and Playfair and is like, at one point, they say that their tape recorder jammed. And they do that thing where they're like, oh, paranormal activity It's jamming our electronics. And he's like, dude, your tape recorder jammed. And then you looked for a paranormal explanation for that. (laughs) Not only that, but we're trying to trust the Warrens. Are you kidding me? He does not like the Warrens. Most skeptics I have found are are not not fans of the Warrens. Also, there were so many incidents of the poltergeist doing things when it wasn't directly being watched, like furniture moving when no one's in the room. It's stuff that, like, somebody could do, and then you'd enter the room and be like, something happened, but no but one actually saw it happen. the
0: mom who saw it happen at the first instance?
1: I the, To be very clear, there's a bunch of incidents that are...
0: And inexplainable.
1: Not inexplainable, but no one ventures to necessarily explain them. Right. I think the idea would be, like could they have tied something around the dresser and moved it? Was there basically a ton of people look at this and go, these two girls were punking you. Which honestly though, I'm proud of them for that. I am too. Good work. I mean, yeah, they played pretend hard. They played it so hard. Another thing that the skeptics note that I thought was really funny to picture was they're like, does anybody else think like Bill's vocab's a little weird, like a little babyish for him being an adult man? Like that he kind of talks like he a he was little like girls? an S E X. Ew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, no joke. They were like, does anyone think it's weird he talks a lot about menstruation? <laughs> no joke. He was like, for some reason obsessed with talking about that, which she would, would have been I love like, that? she would have been like. The exact age where she'd be interested in learning about that, and, oh, and then this, and this is why Anna's are better about sex it. so that
0: your kids don't pretend there's a poltergeist to learn about their bodies. That's my stance, and <laughs> that's, that's such a good point. That's my stance.
1: <laughs> you just got so sick. <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know. So then they enter... Because these girls were kind of put through all these, like... All people being like, prove it, prove it. She went on... Janet went on BBC Scotland, and she was... BBC 1,
0: BBC 2, BBC 3. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) She was talking, and while she... She let Bill talk through her, but, like, she did this, like, nervous thing where she kind of waved her hand in front of her mouth to make the voice seem disembodied, and... They kind of argued with each other during the interview, her and Margaret. And everyone pointed to it as, like, their story's falling apart, basically. And... Oh, this is so But can hard. you imagine being that young and everyone's, like, Giving putting them to task like this? I also just like the amount of stress. You know, you it's a single
0: mom and this is what's happening to her kid and you're on BBC. Like, this is, seems so...
1: Wild. But okay, so on the one hand, it's so obviously like it's so obvious it was faked. On the other, what you said before, there's all these things that happened that you're like, how did that happen? There was metal and you're twelve, like people I, were seeing are, metal are... things bend. People were seeing furniture move, but and the here's Lego that just <laughs> The Lego. Okay, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. There was a study where they showed people a video of a psychic bending metal and He bends a key with, like, a magic trick, like a sleight of hand. Yeah. So everyone's like, wow, the key bent. And then he puts the key on a desk, and he says, if you look at it closely, you'll see that it's still bending. 40% of people that would look would report that they saw it still bending. Mm Mm-hmm. So just power of suggestion and just like you just saw metal bend, your brain right. broke open. Right, right, now right, right, you right. feel like metal can bend. Now if I tell you it's bending right now, your mind's going to play enough of a trick on you. So all these people walking into a situation and being told, it's haunted, furniture it's is moving, noises are happening, this, 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 this. And then are you noticing anything weird? Right. A lot of them are going to go, you know what, I am. And then this is kind of a dumb thing, but... There's also this thing called top-down processing, which is you see what you expect to see. Yeah. So Playfair was like the whole family ended up witnessing things, but the whole family expected to witness things.
0: We've talked about this in previous
1: cases where, like, you know, the power of suggestion absolutely could play a role. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hugely the power of suggestion, and it's also... None of this happened under controlled circumstances, right? right? It was all pretty out of control and pretty like eyewitness accounts, which we know are not very trustworthy from true crime. Um, Not only that, but it's this thing where people would say things like that Lego came out of nowhere. That marble came out of nowhere. And you don't, this is a dumb thing to say, but you don't see things before you see them. It's called inattention well, like, it's called inattentional blindness and it it actually is that you don't have the bandwidth to notice everything around you. Until and it so pops if you out. haven't noticed something and then suddenly you notice it to your eyes it appeared like your box from Bernie.
0: Yes. Like that, but I don't know if that I mean it's it's a yeah, yeah. I mean, I have friends who've lost loved ones and have talked about experiences that they've had with them. And I think, like, listen, our mind is a really powerful thing. I also am like, who's to say it's not real? I mean, like, there's there's many things to be explained away. But yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a reason why people were walking into the house and saying things like nothing would be there. And then suddenly this thing would be there. It's It's not that it had to to appear. This is
0: a very similar thing. But my parents favorite thing to do was hide Easter baskets or one. My mom was really good at hiding Easter baskets, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. And she loved to hide them like on the shelf. That's eye level. That's right in front of us.
1: Oh, totally. And it would
0: take us so long to find it. And it's funny to, to film it. that,
1: too, you're like, it's because right there, you're like, it's right it's there. It's right
0: there. there. It's in front. And you're like, because you're looking at all the places where it's hidden, and you're not looking the thing in plain sight. Oh my God,
1: it just reminds me of when I'm looking for my phone, and I'm talking to someone on the phone, mm-hmm. and then I admit to them what I'm doing, and then it's very embarrassing.
0: Yeah, what but you are doing? I'm looking for my phone. Where, where are They're my like, glasses? You're like, you're wearing yeah. them. What yeah. can you see?
1: Yeah. Um, Deborah Hyde is the editor of this magazine, The Skeptic, and she went on a TV show this morning to talk about the unfilled poltergeist and they had Janet this morning like as in It's called This Morning. Oh. (laughs) No, no, not this morning. I woke up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: This morning.
1: But this was the article in The Guardian. What it was about she wrote it and it's about her perspective of going on this show. And they're like, Janet Hodgson's gonna be on the show, be nice to her. And she meets Janet in the green room and says she's super nervous and mm. basically, she doesn't attack her or anything or say it's faked, but she does kind of talk about what we just talked about, yeah. of why these things feel like they were real to people, right? Um, but maybe weren't. Right. Um, Janet was also obviously the focus of a lot of the events that happened at Enfield. And Playfair was saying, oh, this poltergeist, this ghost, uses Janet's perceptions so if she doesn't know something then the ghost doesn't so he helped ex- her explain away why the two were so in line he was in her body as, so maybe as a man he probably would be really concerned about menstruation frankly like if a dude
0: was in the body of a 12 year old who's starting to bleed from her he could, be like whoa this is a like lot like from the 50s when they didn't talk about periods he probably was like yeah I'm actually like obsessed with this
1: like the last time I bled like this I was dying you know So remember you were talking about how all the attention. Mm -hmm. So one night, Gross ended up saying, all we need now is for the voices to talk. And right after that happened is when Bill started speaking through Janet. There was also a guy from the Daily Mail, one of the reporters, ends up saying in front of the girls that poltergeist light fires after that some fires get started. So it does just feel like the... Yeah, It's not just them deciding to fuck around. There's a torn out magazine article in the house that they find that was about Matthew Manning. Matthew Manning was another child that a poltergeist supposedly uh, got fixated on and possessed. And... His mom says that the first thing that happened was that their teapot disappeared. And their teapot ends up disappearing. So it, it does feel like there's a lot of <sighs> advice the girls are getting from outside, right. per, outside influences. You know what?
0: If it's not real, I got to give props to Janet, though. Like, if it's not real, Janet, you punk so many people. Good for you.
1: Well, here's what I think was going on. So remember, it's a single mom. Yeah. So the dad, they've gotten a divorce. It's a messy divorce. Right. The dad's not around. They're older, uh, Margaret and Janet. And I think that they're... Feeling a little bit. 11 and 12 is a really hard time to lose the presence of a parent.
0: And my mom talked about girls at 11 and 12 and my mom said that that is a particularly hard age
1: because that's also when you're getting hormonal Your as well and, and you don't know how to deal with it and you're starting and also
0: society like you're in between being a kid and a grown-up and
1: so imagine that they lose their dad and then play fair and gross these two older men maybe around her dad's age I don't know start saying we want to be in this house and we want to talk to you all the time. Talk to you about how you're feeling. We want to talk to you about what's going on. We want to right. talk to you about what you did today. All in the name of research. And we kind of want to live here, essentially. So they've lost their dad and these two kind of dad-like figures come. Yeah. Here's the thing. Their presence 100% hinges on whether or not weird shit continues to happen. Yeah. Yeah. If the weird shit stops happening, guess what? They're gone. They're going to leave. Not only that... Oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. Not only that, Maurice Gross... Yeah? He got extra involved because he really had started to uh, research and care about supernatural stuff and ghosts. He started to care about that stuff... He lost a child, and I think that might be why he was invested in supernatural and ghosts. She died in a motorcycle accident. Her name was Janet. This is sad. That's so really just sad. I think it worked is it sad or, I mean, you can look at it as sad. I like to look at it as Janet was what he needed her to be and he she was what, what Janet needed him be. to be. Yeah. And I think that in a perfect world, they'd have found a different way to Express comfort that. each other yeah. and maybe be surrogate daughter to surrogate father. But I think that they were fulfilling this really clear, Yeah, they were filling a hole that they each had in each other's hearts. Right. Wow. Anyway, that's the story of the Enfield Poltergeist.
0: Whoa. Thank you for telling that story. Dear readers... You know we only talk about things that interests you, right? We like scary things. We like, we like spooky things. things. Spooky we things. like fun. But we think you'd absolutely go bananas, cuckoo pants, wonder bra
1: for City of for Ghosts. For City of
0: Ghosts, it's gonna be lit. it's a mystery podcast. Okay, it has all the things you like. It has. Do you like mystery? Yes. Okay. Do you like corrupt politicians? Love them. Do you like supernatural New mysteries? I'm loving it. I'm feeling it. it. I'm loving it. I don't know what you're telling me about, but I already love it. Do you like ghosts?
1: I love ghosts. Do you love ghosts? I'm actually in love with a ghost. Have you had sex with a ghost?
0: (laughs) Subscribe now. The link is in the bio. Um, And go look at City of Ghosts. It's an incredible podcast. We think you're going to L-O-V-E-L-E-R-V-E it you're gonna love this
1: podcast love if you love us you're gonna love this it's not us it's better <laughs> frankly it's better <laughs> this is a low bar we set want, and they wait, jump gonna... right over it easily <laughs> they don't break a sweat
0: <laughs> do you want better sound quality they got it
1: do you do want, you want better storytelling they, they have got that it. too
0: do you want them not meandering and saying tangents guess what
1: it happens. It happens in their podcast. They're organized. <laughs> we so can't
0: even do this In fact,
1: intentions. I'm going to suggest you, st- I think this is rolling mid-episode, I'm going to suggest you stop listening Just to stop. us right now and you subscribe <laughs> to City of Ghosts. But then come back because we have another story that you're going to love. Yeah.
0: Anyway, please, here's a little sneak preview of what it is. So enjoy, go subscribe. They're amazing. And we're sponsored by them. We're so grateful. Go love City, you, of, City Ghosts. of Ghosts. Do you hear me? It's 1999, New York City.
1: Where am I? Oh, shut up!
0: Bridget Lundy Payne stars in a new supernatural neo noir audio drama The Voices, they're back.
1: City of Ghosts. I understand this is beyond your usual scope.
0: So two deaths and an attempted third.
1: Must mean we're onto something big. Men like them have fortresses built around them.
0: What good does sticking your neck out do, especially in this city? Still, just be careful. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Do be well, Eleanor. All right, I'm telling a story that I found on a Fosse book. I got the information from Daytona Daily News. All that's interesting. People, AP News, WVNSTV, Bluefield Daily Paragraph, Kiro K I R O, and Fox 23. Oh no, I didn't get this information from Facebook. Sorry. I really like to listen to the Savage Love Cast.
1: I like to listen
0: to it. Dan Savage. Yeah, I think like I love listening to people talk about sex things because I find that personally fascinating. And I'm a pervert. No. So I got this from the Savage Love Cast. And I think I like listening to that podcast like we listen to true crime, where it's things that are scary to you that you just want to learn more about. It's why I love Shark Week, and it's why I love listening to a sex podcast. Because the thing that I think was stigmatized for me growing up of being a woman and not being too sexualized and sex being scary and wait until marriage and all that stuff, I think as an adult listening to stories of, Sex is fascinating to me and it like helps ease my anxieties in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I like to be sex positive. Um, so he had mentioned this story and I had to look it up. So there's this guy, John Thomas McGuire. He's 38 years old. He's from Minnesota. He has five kids. The oldest is around like 18 years old. Okay. The oldest three kids are with his ex-wife and he's no longer with her. And So he has a total of five kids. He's known as Bama. Bama. Man, Bama? Bama. B A M A. Or Bama. I don't know how you want to say it. I think
1: it. we got to say Bama. I think we got
0: to say Bama. So it's around Valentine's Day 2019, and he tells his family, he's like, I got to go visit my mom in Alabama. She Bama's sick. going to Bama? Bama's going to Alabama. I guess because he's from Alabama, but he lives in Minnesota. I bet that's why they call him. I Bama. bet that's why they call him Bama. So yes, we
1: should say Bama. I'm glad we said Bama and not. Obama. Alabama. Alabama.
0: Alabama. So he goes with his girlfriend at the time, who he lives with, and her name is Amanda Michelle Naylor-McClure. So they're going on this trip. It's around February 15th, and all of a sudden on Facebook, he posts some weird messages, which just say, Job completed. The Firefox is dead. Ha, ha, ha. The Mad Hatter. And then another message saying, you are all bleep, just like Firefox, and you will all end up the same way. Ha, 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 ha.
1: Um, I have a question. By all means. Literally wrote bleep or wrote fucked, I don't, They didn't say the reading? swear. Okay.
0: They, they didn't say expletive bleep, but, like, I said you are all fucks, just like Firefox. Like, I don't know what the swear is. All I know is what was given to me in the article. Okay. And they didn't want. So... Then, after those three posts, his Facebook went silent, and no one heard from him. He was just missing. His kids were concerned, and, like, our dad, like, we had disagreements. Like, we were close. He did suffer from substance abuse. That's something that he did struggle with. But around Mother's Day that year, the mother of his three oldest kids, his ex-wife, he usually would call her on mother's day and be like, happy mother's day. You're a wonderful mom. Um, you're a great mother. And he would call his mother and no one had heard from him. So they were like, what the fuck is going on? His oldest daughter, she posts on Facebook being like, we haven't seen our dad, like any information, dad, if you're out there, like, hello. So there's a missing persons report. And then his son turned 16 that summer and he didn't hear anything from his dad, and he was like, This doesn't feel right. Like, his dad is like, for all of his demons, like, he was in communication with his family, and he was just fucking missing. So, in that September, this guy, Larry Paul McClure Sr., who is Amanda's father, his girlfriend's father, mm-hmm he is a registered sex offender. He had served 17 years for first degree sexually abusing a family member from the age of six to 12. The name of that family member was never disclosed. Yeah. He had moved from Kentucky to West Virginia. And as a registered sex offender, he never registered his change of address. So the police were like, okay you're a registered sex runner you're in fucking big trouble based on your sex offender status you need to let us know at that time he was like well i know where the body of john thomas mcguire is so he walks in and just freely admits to the police
1: (gasps) that he killed tom
0: well there's a bigger story here that he killed Bama. He gets in trouble for moving across state lines and not registering as a sex offender, and so he gets in trouble by the police. And he's like, "Well, I know where John Thomas McGuire's body is." He leads them to his house, and they find the remains of John Bama McGuire in a shallow grave on September twenty-fourth. What at Larry's home? Larry, I said you do this. Larry, as I said, is the biological father of Amanda Bama's girlfriend. A little bit of backstory. Amanda never lived with her biological father, or she did when she was younger, but she had since been adopted by another family. Again, I want to just reiterate, her father, Amanda's father, Larry, was charged with first degree of sexual assault for a family member from ages 6 was to it 12. Her? We do not know. We but don't this, know. We don't know who the victim. Oh, because, is because the name was young. withheld. Exactly. Okay, okay.
1: What we do know is Amanda. That she has, went to live with a different family. We know that. We know she went and was adopted by a
0: different. We also know that she has a sister. Okay. So, here's what happened, based on testimony and court documents. Here's what we know happened. Amanda and Bama. That's really hard. Amanda and Bama were going out to Alabama. Now, Larry, Amanda's biological father, who had gotten out recently from his stay in prison, decides to reconnect with his daughters, Amanda and Anna Marie. He goes and picks up Amanda and Bama, who are, quote, dope sick. It, it is, it seems that they had relapsed and they were using and they were not doing well. He then picks up his sister, her, his other daughter, Anna Marie. So the four of them are all together.
1: Him and his three daughters.
0: Him, his two daughters, and Amanda and the, her, Amanda's boyfriend. So the four of them are together, and I guess there might be a, drugs involved. People were in withdrawal. It was, like, not a good situation. Bama decides to communicate that he's in love with Amanda and that he wants to eventually marry
1: her. It is reported that Larry... Was he asking for Larry's, uh... Well, if
0: he was, he didn't get it. Larry Larry apparently didn't want anyone to be around Amanda, his daughter. So after 10 days of being together, on February 14th, John goes and buys, Bama goes and buys a bottle of wine for Valentine's Day, seemingly to share with Amanda, his girlfriend. Larry says, let's play a trust game. Ties up Bama. Bama is then hit in the head with a bottle of wine. They inject two vials of methamphetamine into him. He is tortured for a couple of days. They put a black plastic bag around his head and they strangle him.
1: This girl did that to her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. With her dad and her her sister. sister. They all helped. She's like, let's be on drugs and kill the guy I was dating. Mm -hmm. For no reason. We'll get to the reason.
0: He dies. They bury him in Larry's backyard. Six days later, they're like, we should dig him up. They dig him up. They dismember his body. And they bury him in the side yard of the house where he's eventually found September 24th.
1: I wonder why they thought they should do that.
0: They were on a lot of drugs I'm going to assume. It just seems like,
1: okay. I don't know why I'm trying to get in their headspace. Go on.
0: Larry, the father, and his daughter Amanda end up having an affair. They are both of age, but I can't call it. I don't know if I can say sex. Like they have sex. Yeah, well, yeah, they yeah, have sex. You can say we that. Can't say
1: it's very disturbing. You want it to have a different name. I don't want it to be what it
0: is, but it is.
1: But a rose by any other name would stink as bad. So let's just call it what it is.
0: So this death and bearing was around February 14th, right? Valentine's Day. We know this. On March 11th, Larry and Amanda drive across state lines. And again, as a registered sex vendor, not chill, to Virginia, they go to a Methodist church
1: and get married. Yes. So she married her dad. She, she killed married her, her boyfriend and married her dad. Mm-hmm.
0: And her sister helped them.
1: Here's the question I now have. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if these girls were sexually abused their whole lives by their father, they might be messed up and uh, indoctrinated into the idea that they should be with him or marry him or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they had to murder this other guy.
0: Well, there was a report. Just break up with him. There was a report that Bama also slept with Anna Marie, the sister, and Larry claims that they had a child together that was never had. It's unclear. Like, again, the only people that know what happened are their drug riddled brains. Right. 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 Like, right. I don't think that. What I can tell you is at the time that Larry went to jail for sexually abusing a family member aged six through 12, Amanda was nine and Anna Marie was ten. Okay. We will never know who it is, and rightfully so. The name of the child
1: is, you know, scrubbed. They do not know that child's if name. If I had to put money on it, it would be the one he married.
0: Um, yeah. Seems Similarly, like yeah, my assumption is similar.
1: Um, so
0: the two get married at a Methodist church, which, by the way, is illegal. Amanda changed her last name and listed someone else as her biological father. Sure. But in addition to the murder and body, all of that charge,
1: oh, there also did she was like, try to get married. I wonder, because I, in my mind, I'm like, it's also a misdemeanor why to would marry. You your, yeah, yeah. Get married. Oh, do you think she was doing it to not have to testify against no. him? Oh,
0: I don't. I really don't. Okay. Cause she changed her name. Like she listed, it's a false. Like the document. Exactly. There's out. no way. Of course. The three of them are arrested. And they're all held in different jails, Larry, Amanda, and Anna Marie. Larry claims that Amanda is the ringleader and that um, she had been cashing Bama's social security checks while he was dead. And that was her motive. And he also claimed that she was in gangs and that she had uh, hit out on Bama or something of that nature. None of that I can substantiate or say with any certainty. What I do know is the facts, which is they killed her boyfriend and then they got married. So I'm hard pressed to think of a stronger motive than getting him out of the way so she could get married to her father. Right. That feels like the motive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So Larry right away admits his guilt. He even writes in a letter in his confession no trial, no taxpayers' money spent for a trial. He writes in all capital letters. It is hard for the state of West Virginia to fight against itself because I plead guilty. No contest. So he fully admits to it. In fact, he's like, I'm going to feel safer in prison. Like, I'm, I need to go away. Mm-hmm. So he says, all I can do is hope for mercy on this. But my sentence on this really does not matter because I am old and in bad health. I will never see the parole board in 15 years anyway, and that is okay. I will say I am sorry for my part in this crime to both my family and John McGuire's family. His prosecutor, his defense attorney says, or, you know, his attorney, not a defense because he's not needing defense, is like he will feel more safe and secure in a prison environment, which is wild to me. Um, He did ask for protective custody while in prison because he said his daughters were mobbed up. Um, They were in gangs, the Hells Angels and the Mongols, which I don't know. That's a gang. Okay. But the more you know. So Amanda, she pleads guilty, also no contest, to second-degree murder, and she is sentenced to the maximum of 40 years. She also says, it's my father's abuse. I was under the control of my father, to which the judge is like, you're not taking ownership, maximum. Mm Mm-hmm. You're blaming your father still, and okay. Marie, her sister, also pleads guilty, no contest to second degree murder, and she gets 40 years as well. At the sentence hearing, Amanda's adoptive parents speak and say, "Please know that, like, please take her abuse into consideration." And they're her adoptive parents, so they're going to go and try to, you know, yeah, speak out for their daughter. But they apologize, obviously, to John McGuire, Bama's family. And his mother speaks, and she goes to every single sentence hearing, and she stands strong, and she listens to all of what happened to her son in the court hearings, which is horrifying.
1: Terrible.
0: And she says, I just really want to know why she thought she could be God and take my kid. She broke my heart and my grandkids' heart. They cry every night for their daddy. John Bama McGuire was described as someone who loved everyone, he struggled with addiction. He was a good person. His ex-wife said he had a heart of gold, a gift of gab, and he was friends with everyone. I'm going to miss everything about him. Oh, he leaves five kids.
1: Oh my God, it's terrible.
0: And that's the story of what John sad Thomas story. It is, oh. and I think I, I find it because obviously the sensationalism of killing someone and marrying your biological father is horrifying but it sounds like too like larry this father was really sick and eventually just admitted it like this guy was missing there was no body like he just walked in and was like that's
1: what's interesting and i want to go
0: to jail i'll feel safer in jail
1: he's like you know what forget this let me just go to jail yeah i get it Maybe it was a sober moment. <laughs>
0: maybe or maybe I mean he had sexually abused a family member, a child, right? And
1: this then guy he was married fucking his sick. daughter. and
0: then he married his daughter when she was 31 years old. Like really sick shit.
1: I don't know why it disturbs me so much that before killing him they were like we're going to play a trust game. Yeah. That's, That's how is they got so him to Scary.
0: I mean, I think too. It's like they were ten days together, and then this happened. And people think that
1: it was like, he must Bama have being like, "I love your coming. daughter, and I want
0: to marry her." And it was Larry being like, "Nope, unacceptable and fucking."
1: And now you die. Now you die. God, what a horrible story, Carrie.
0: I'm really sorry, but I had to share it.
1: No, you had to share it
0: because I mean, I don't think we've dealt with that type of case.
1: No, I don't think we've dealt with incest on that level. No. Maybe on any level. I can't remember. It's I think a we've dealt of... with incest. we for sure have dealt okay. with incest. Okay. Alright. <laughs> did you see... Okay. Alright. Speaking of incest, okay. did you see the only video Brianna and Josh posted at their honeymoon?
0: I, I told them, I was like, I laughed so fucking my hard. My sister
1: goes on a honeymoon the only video she posts to your readers and she doesn't post By the way, if you videos. didn't know about
0: the Posner family
1: this yeah. is it josh her husband posts a video of them on their honeymoon and it's them in croatia where game of thrones was filmed and he films himself they do an improv a little improv scene um and films himself is nothing if not he, an improviser all he said to her was do game of thrones he films himself and he's like your men aren't loyal to you but give me time and we will try. Like, something like that. And truly really maybe
0: a direct quote, actually, from Game of Thrones. And Thumbs. then he
1: turns the camera on her, and she goes, As my brother, I would like you to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's like, and end of the what? video. What? And I, you know what I love? That's a anyway. video that was sent out to everyone. And I, and I love that. And it's it the only
1: me, video of their honeymoon. It made me
0: laugh truly
1: so fucking hard. Like, I cackled at home. Guys, uh, get on uh, get on the site, buy some merch, yeah. uh, join some Patreon. Join Patreon, buy some merch. Leave a, Let's hang. Leave a review. Do, do a all review, the things. Do all the things. Why or, not? You know
0: what? If it's your first time listening,
1: great app, right? <laughs> oh, I always, whenever you say that, it's just... Uh, if, Anxiety shoots through my body like lightning. (laughs) That this that this would go unexplained for someone that they would tune in now. They would see this and
0: be like, "This." I'm like, "No, it gets better.
1: It gets worse. It gets better. It gets it's fifty shades of Carrie and Quinn." (laughs) It gets much better. It
0: gets much worse, and everything in between. So, like, if you were like, "Huh," intrigued, stay with
1: us. Stay with us. Bienvenido.
0: Bienvenido. Au revoir. Join Patreon. <laughs> mm. Lumiere. <laughs> 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 Be our oh, guest. Bye, dear readers.